You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, it's your host, Lurk. We at LambGoat.com just want to give a big thanks and shout out to everyone who's checked out the podcast thus far and all the support we've gotten. If you're listening to us on a platform that you can rate and review the show, we ask that you please do so. It greatly helps us out. Be sure to check out LambGoat.com, but also follow our socials. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at LambGoat, and you can also find us on Facebook. And if you already didn't know, you can check out all these podcasts in video format on our YouTube channel, as well as other content. And speaking of other content, Lamgoat would like to introduce the Van Flip Patreon. If you've enjoyed the show and you would like to continue supporting the Van Flip Podcast, for just $5 a month, you can be a Patreon supporter. Not only will you help be improving the podcast and helping it grow, but Patreon supporters also get early access to episodes, bonus episodes, exclusive content, Patreon-only live streams, behind-the-scenes content, Q&As, Lamgoat swag, and much more. To become a Patreon supporter, head over to www.patreon.com forward slash the van flip. If you would like to become a sponsor of the van flip, drop us a line at info at lambgoat.com. And this week's podcast is brought to you by Danny Wimmer Presents. They invited us out to Welcome to Rockville in Jacksonville, Florida to cover the festival. And we also would like to give a big shout out to Christine at Ashton Magnuson Media, as well as Selena from FRPR. Not only were we able to check out Tool's new song, Invincible, at Welcome to Rockville, which we have uploaded onto our YouTube channel right now, but we also ran into Keith Buckley, lead singer of Every Time I Die and The Damn Things. Oh yeah, what's this? I feel this. Oh yeah, this is good stuff. Oh no, what's this? Oh, Lamb Goat presents the Van Flip Podcast. Alright guys, welcome back to the Van Flip. Uh, we have a very special guest, Keith Buckley from Every Time I Die fame and The Damn Thing. Mm-hmm. Currently you are in Jacksonville yeah. with The Damn Thing. Yeah, miraculously. I didn't think I was going to make it here. Well, you played in Mexico this weekend. Every time I played in Mexico City last night and... Uh, I went to the airport at around 11 p.m. to kind of get ready for my 5 a.m. flight, and then everything got canceled because Houston was underwater and uh, just a lot of stressing out. But I made it. We're, so we we're gonna try. We're actually gonna have to like try to switch spots today. And uh, our tour manager, who you know has never worked with the damn things before, but he works with every time I die a lot. He's like, do I really have to go talk to Zach Wild about switching spots with? Uh, with those guys because they're after you and you know if you don't make it on time then you got to switch with them and he's like please don't fucking make me go ask him <laughs> to play before you guys so luckily i got here it was a miracle but you got died. here ian mm-hmm. didn't though right no yeah he didn't because what happened was so once all my shit got canceled uh, can i swear Is that yeah, okay 100%. <laughs> once all my shit got canceled last night i, I told everybody i'm like uh, it doesn't look like i'm gonna make it into town on california where he lives everyone else had flown out early to kind of like get the the, the right. feel of the fest um but Scott's like, I, I don't, you know, I'm not going to catch a flight out if we're not going to play because, you know, he's got a kid. He's got a wife. Yeah. So, a whole other totally life. understandable. Yeah. So then it it ended up that I just, I made all my flights uh, miraculously and, and he, but he had already switched it. So then his late flight got canceled because of the weather. Yeah. We had shitty weather yesterday. The, can- the festival actually got, got canceled for a little bit. Got bumped a little bit. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of what I was praying for tonight too, just to sort of give me a little bit of leeway, but 
it worked out. So, well, how was Mexico? For um, yeah, it was a whirlwind. I mean, it was cool. The 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 bands that played were pretty weird. I, really? I saw Vince Neil play solo, <laughs> just doing you know Motley Crue covers. Um, boy, yeah, not as, not as good I, as the whole. whole yeah, band. I mean, boy. <laughs> Um, it was rough, but it was cool to hear those songs live. I guess if, if I just didn't look and just right. kind of heard it, it was close fun. your eyes. Yeah, think back. To Imagine the, the glory days instead of. Well, that's how I kind of felt with Tom Morello yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Who's he with? No one. It was just him. Just him. Yeah, I think it's like a solo artist tour situation. Okay, that's fucking weird to me too because Slash played yesterday in Mexico City, but like, yeah, Slash is you know he's a guitar player. So what is? I mean, I guess he writes the songs, but then how do you know who to hire to like represent your songs in that way? I don't know how a guitar player starts a band as a solo artist. Well, he Tom's first song yesterday mm-hmm. was kind of like a, a dubstep trappy guitar song. So I was really caught off guard. Okay. Uh, and then he kind of... The, one of the cool things was he played all the riffs from yeah. all the big Rage Against the Machine right. songs. But you can't sing along to riffs. No. So like, what does the crowd do? Well, they did play Bomb Track at the end and uh, the crowd sang. Who, who sang? Who the sang? crowd. The crowd was the singer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lead vocalist. Mm-hmm. The crowd. <laughs> we also had a song with Killer Mike, I believe. Uh, really? Was it Killer Mike and... Ice Cube. Ice Cube. Killer Mike and Ice Cube were... Uh, I guess I have a song with Tom Morello. And they played Killer Mike's part in the back. And Big Boy... Or, I'm sorry. Ice Cube was in the back. On like a Interesting. Video. You have to do it. <laughs> <laughs> if I was going to see Tom Morello, I'm yeah. glad the medley thing happened. Sure. Because I don't know if I'll ever see those songs live. The Red uh-huh. Machine songs. Because I never saw them live but yeah uh you know it's like the fourth best thing i guess so that's yeah. weird to me i don't know i don't think i jeopardize my legacy by doing something like that where you just like hire dudes to stand in like the vince neal thing look it i'm not going to disparage any musician that wants to keep playing music that's awesome but like it just seemed like the the drummer for that band was like a, a weird Tommy Lee impersonator. Like, he was, like, skinny, long black hair, like, wore a, a jersey, you know, shirt underneath, doing, like, zany gimmicks, and, like... Was it Machine Gun <laughs> Kelly? No. no, no. <laughs> well, that's... But that's why I figured that must have happened. I, I figured that, you know, Netflix does this thing with the dirt. Because, you know, realizes there's some, some more money to... Or, you know, some more money, whatever. Like yeah, then. to just, I guess, squeeze it out. I don't know. I, I mean, fine. It was fine. It was fine. It's just it's, all good. it's not ideal. It's not, especially when like you grew up on bands like that, listening to that, and like these guys are the you know you know that is the epitome of a of, of what rock and roll is. That's mm-hmm. like a, that's a party band, and that's the rock and roll lifestyle. And you know, obviously, that's a terrible when you break it down. That's like a really terrible way to live. But when you're a kid, and that's California, and those are it's rock glory. stars. It's it's yeah, it's a god thing. You know what I mean? Yes. You'll never achieve it. And then you just see it like get older and slower and a little, I don't know, bigger. lazier. Yeah, bigger. Yeah. yeah. Not so. in fan base either, just No, bigger. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Bursting sausages. So um, we'll cut to the damn thing since that's why you're okay. in town. We'll mm-hmm. do a couple couple things about that. Is this your first show back as a full band? Um, well, I mean, second. Not... Second, actually. We uh, we played in L.A. a few days ago. Today's the fourth? Mm-hmm. Okay. Maybe the fifth. I think, yeah, I'm, I'm so delirious after all these, this flying. So, yeah, I think we played the the second was our first show back. We played a, a show at the Whiskey in L.A. And then I flew out, right, walked right from stage and got in got an Uber plane. to go to the Well, park. I know you were back home, too, for a little bit because that's where I initially yeah. you up was on your Twitch on stream. On the Twitch stream. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's my that's a, a new passion I have. Uh, 
my dad is a. I don't know how much you want to know about this. Do you want to know that? Ahead, okay. yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't have asked if so, I didn't care. Yeah, so my my father is a guitar player, but he's also a computer engineer, and he taught at the University of Buffalo forever. So his guitar playing half went to my brother. And then there was no real uh, anything of, of him that was dedicated to me that we, like, connected on. So then I finally started getting into, like, playing games. I've, I've always been playing video games, but my friends were starting to get into PC to, like, play better games and play games faster. So I was like, you know, Dad, if you want to, like, tell me about PCs and, like, I would love to have one and, you know, kind of work on it and sort of, like, use it as, like, guitar gear. In the way that guitar gear heads use their gear i would love to have a pc right. to have like and and you know uh, modify and, and and enhance uh and he was he just like jumped to it like now all of a sudden i'm sitting with my dad and we're you know building shit and talking Super about bonding. it it was awesome it was yeah. awesome and i'm 39 years old so to have an experience like that with my dad at 39 years old was great so yeah then i got a pc powerful enough to start streaming and i do it now and i love yeah. it oh well, you were streaming the album i think yeah it just yeah. came out or yeah it was day it before just or something. Out. yeah yeah, yeah. So that was cool. Um, yeah, that was really fun seeing you on there. Yeah, <laughs> I love this. I love it. It's... Well, a lot of bands stream video games or just stream in general. I mean, there's yeah. Twitch has a lot of other options. Yeah, too, as far as like creative or music goes. So it's difficult. I I like don't I don't feel like on, and I don't necessarily love talking, especially if I'm by myself. So streaming is is rough because if I'm not with other people, then it's just me talking to myself and. You have to I have an to, audience, right? And I have to not keep, there with you, right? And I have to keep narrating it, and you know, I I very self conscious of like, am I getting boring? Am I talking too much? How much do people want to see me play? So all these things. So when the music was playing in the background, and I was kind of like use that as an excuse to do it, and people mm -hmm. were asking questions, I thought it was great. Yeah, no, it worked out really well, and I, I felt like while I was in the room, yeah, you uh, the people that are there are always going to be, you know, all about. Mm -hmm. what you're doing anyway they're probably yeah. going to be your more bigger fans anyway yeah so just having a hangout session with you totally. is cool enough for yeah. Them too. yeah i loved so, it yeah. i loved it and like twitch stream is or the, like that the twitch service is doing these like twitch sing things now it's like a karaoke thing mm -hmm. so one of the one of the developers at twitch actually reached out to me to like help me specifically push push twitch singing like this, this new thing they're doing this karaoke thing so, so we're gonna see the cover band yeah on there? so we're gonna we're gonna work some stuff out uh, it'll be what, good you mentioned the 90s cover yeah band on the stream. i just kind of kind of glossed over it but that'd be cool i think that was uh that would be something kind of unique yes and coincidentally shortly after that the, my cover band got offered four dates in florida oh wow yeah yeah, what kind of, Rory. Like, you know, promoter yes, yes, Rory. Yes, yes. Yeah, he's gonna bring us down and give us four that's shows. Insane. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Man. Yeah. Are you gonna play here? Obviously, he plays. Uh, yeah. 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 I'm gonna assume it's gonna be here, Orlando, Tampa. Sounds about right. I maybe. think. Yes, I think that's exactly it. Yeah. yeah. He uh, he actually shout out Rory. Uh, mm -hmm. Him and Mikey have been. I mean, Mikey's probably booked you. Yeah. Since yeah, day yeah. one, but yeah, they uh, they they really been doing really well for the area here. Uh, Good for them. It's been picking back up in the last couple of years too. Because awesome. You know, ebb and flow so yeah yeah it just comes and goes totally. but yeah they've been killing it lately great um damn thing so mm -hmm. first album in nine years yeah something that is uh you know apparent is on that record you don't scream as much yeah it's more of like a sing kind of situation yeah um however today during your set mm -hmm. it kind of seems like you scream a lot more yeah live is that because you're just like Used I just to being in every time I die screaming. It, it's not even that. It's just I just feel like that's more of who I am, and and the yeah, I, I hate saying that. Like, 
anyway, I feel like I'm just so much more comfortable sort of creating music in that style. Whereas I felt like the first Damn Things record, with everyone's styles coming together and trying to find like this weird, you know, commonality between the different styles of bands. And, you know, there was like this Venn diagram where what was left for me was so slim that I didn't really get to have fun with it, I mm-hmm. guess, because everyone else is so overwhelmingly talented and popular. And, you know, I'm just this kid from a hardcore band. So right. I don't, you know, like you guys just go ahead and tell me what I should do. Um, so that record came out and it was cool, but I wasn't necessarily in love with the way that I contributed to it. So once this record started getting written, I was very adamant about like, I, I think that there should be more hardcore elements. I think there should be more punk elements to it. Um, and you know, everyone who's still in the band was very on board. I don't think the fallout boys guys would probably, they love to that. Yeah, they, no, yeah. not at all. Not at all. I mean, like, even though they're huge and yeah. they're big, you know, pop but, rock, but band, they have hardcore roots. Yeah. They definitely yeah. grew up in that scene. And so when you said like, Oh, it's just me. I'm a hardcore yeah. kid from ba- or a hardcore band guy. Yeah. I feel like they're also that totally, but they're just thrust into like main pop culture. Totally. Yeah. And you know, now the Dan's in the band too with, with alkaline trio. I mean, they have, you know, punk rock roots mm-hmm. too. And you know, from Chicago with, with fall boys. So it worked out really well. So, I mean, I'm sure you've answered, uh, y'all have answered this question a million times, but you just get a phone call from the Fallout Boy guys, and next thing you know, you're in a super group yeah. with Ian and everybody. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much how it went. It was Joe and Scott were on the, their bands, Anthrax and Fallout Boy, shared management, and they were at some sort of party or vacation thing that rich people do. <laughs> some like Hawaiian vacation, and everyone was talking. Record, yeah, 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 yeah. Just people. show it. Yeah, just. Opening up their jackets, showing off all their you platinum to, records. You have to have yeah, one yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and they were talking about starting a band, and I guess they had sort of gotten together once they got back to LA, and um, were driving around listening to riffs that they had both written and talking about the band. And uh, I, I apparently the stories and every time I die song like came up on a shuffle on one of their iPads and or iPods, and they were like, well, "What about him as a singer?" So they both agreed and called me. You... I remember sleep- I was sleeping on the floor in the van and every time I'd I to her, like, ten blankets on me. It was the middle of winter. I don't know where we were. I was just miserable. And then i just get a call and they're like, hey, do you want to... It was Joe. And he's like, hey, we're... me and Scott are talking about starting a band. Do you want to sing for her? I was like, yeah, sure. I'm yeah, we're call in me tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're, yeah, they're like with Kirk Hammett and they're like hanging out and I'm like freezing in North Dakota. And I'm like, yeah, just fine. It's coming tomorrow. We'll talk about yeah. it tomorrow. But yeah. Well, and then the rest is yeah. history for the most yeah. part. Um, so why the the long gap outside of you guys all having every other thing to do in the world? But it really, you know what? It wasn't so much of having every other thing to do in the world. It really, uh, it it was an instance of we had we had written this album that n- none of us were really sure about. Uh, um, you know, we were proud of it and we were stoked that it worked and we came together and we put together everything. But as we toured on it, the, the responses were mixed. It wasn't sort of hitting the, the the people that we wanted to to connect with and the people that were connecting it with it were i don't know not our normal comfort zone and that's okay it's, it's okay to get out of your comfort zone but it was a lot of sacrificing like our, our our personal dignities to go out on stage every night and play these shows with like 
you know, and again, I don't want to disparage anybody, but like, you know, these tattoo festival shows and like, then there's like a show with Buck Cherry. And it's like, I don't, I don't, I don't feel that Mm -hmm. way. And that's, you know, not again, not, I'm not slandering anything. That's just not me. I didn't feel that way. The background you come from is vastly different. Right. Right. But you know, if that's, if that's people's things, awesome, but just wasn't mine. So the last show we played, we were in New York city and a hurricane hit and we had to cancel the last few shows of the tour and I just remember, like, leaving that show and just having no wind in my sails. And, like, I'm just going to go home, see what happens. And then, like, nobody talked for a while. It was sort of like, okay, everyone's sort of licking their wounds because the tour didn't do very well. Would you all think that's, like, the end of it? And I kinda, yeah, everyone kind of thought it was just going to be the end. Um, but I never wanted to say, like, I never wanted to disavow it. And I never wanted to be like, just fuck that band. I'm done with that. That wasn't me. That wasn't who I am. Because I knew that there was something really special there. I, I really did. I knew, like, the way that we got along and the way that Joe and I wrote songs together was awesome. Um, so I kind of always kept that door open. But, yeah, I guess it just kind of came around to the point where we, we felt confident enough where we had just sort of, like I said, licked our wounds and reapproached the the idea that we had originally, which was just kind of make, like, a cool, hooky rock album with punk sensibilities and... I think we really finally did it, and I feel really good about this record. And it, going back to like study the old songs, has given them a different appeal to me. Like it's it's a weird sort of new filter I look at it through. Mm-hmm. So well, I mean, it didn't feel like nine, ten years ago. Yeah, no, yeah, it, it definitely doesn't. And I'm I'm very excited about that. When I hear that, it makes me like go, "Wow, yeah, that band, yeah, damn things have been around that long." You yeah, know what I mean, so it's it's, it's crazy. crazy. And yeah, I don't I I. I I mean, it's hard to believe that, like, these people that are in this band still wanted to do it after all this time. Not only that, but there were people that liked the band from the get-go that Mm -hmm. are still interested in it. So, I don't know. It's cool. I I love playing with it. You know what I mean? Like, the the show in L.A. was our first show after nine years, so that was very, I don't know, um, I was very anxious during it and just sort of, like, nervous and, like, trying to remember everything. And then today, after all the flying shit happened, <laughs> yeah. it just, I wasn't relaxed. But I'm I'm really excited to start this tour and, like, just be on stage in clubs, mm-hmm. playing. It'll be, proper it's going to be venues. great. Yeah, 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 proper venues, yeah. So you and Joe write yeah. the music? Or yeah. most of the music, I should say? Yeah, or? Joe's, Joe, uh, it started with Joe just, like, writing riffs and sending them to me. And then I would sort of, you know pitch ideas for melodies and things like that back to him with lyrics and then we just kind of work on arrangements so, so yeah. you write the lyrics for the dance yeah, things too. Okay. yeah yeah how um because you know you also are every time i die a singer mm-hmm. so how does that differ between the two bands like lyrical content is um is one one way and the damn things is a different thing or i mean i guess if i had to to figure out like where the line was between what separates every time i die and damn things lyrics is that every time i die lyrics are just way more personal like it's just very much like this is this is me this is what I'm going through if anyone could connect with it cool if not fine mm-hmm. you know but the damn things lyrics are I feel a little more open to interpretation if that makes sense because yeah. I know that I you know I, I mean I know that like, there's a, yeah there's a, I I understand that every time I die lyrics are you know they're overwhelmed with metaphor a lot of the time so <laughs> but. I do feel like it's very specific to a certain kind of person. And, it's and you know, every time I hear lyrics are, are very much for hardcore kids. They mm-hmm. grew up the way I did, that feel the same way I did about certain things. They get angry. They get really depressed. You know what I mean? And where damn thing stuff is more fun, I guess. Yeah. I, that I makes sense. That. Yeah. Um, speaking of writing, you were a teacher at some point. I right? was, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Many a moon ago. Yeah. It feels a long time like. ago. Yeah. So... You have a background in, in writing too, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah. you've written other 
like Collins too, right? You yeah. wrote Collins and yeah, kind of I, I did like stuff. Yeah, I did like freelance writing for Alternative Press magazine. I mean, uh, Rockstyle magazine in UK. Um, yeah, I did all that sort of journalistic stuff. I used to like do Alternative Press had like a a segment where they would interview like celebrities about like an upcoming movie that I used to talk to. I mean, I don't know what the fuck I was doing. Right. I would they would just put me on the phone with people that were in upcoming movies and i would ask them questions how was that just interview like because you may not have a back i didn't on i had nothing i had nothing it was it was um it's hard to just bullshit. it really is yeah, yeah. it really is especially when like you're kind of familiar with people's stuff um like danny mcbride i remember specifically oh. right before eastbound and down came out we had we had to interview or i had to interview him and you know, I, I ended up just sort of geeking out about Foot Fist Way. You know oh what I mean? God. Like all this yeah. shit that like I didn't I didn't really care about his. I mean, I did care about him because I think he's funny. I, I just didn't know enough about his next stuff to not. You know, I, I had to talk about the stuff I knew. So Foot I Fist Way was just quote. I mean, I bring Foot Fist Way up all the time. It's that's amazing. like one of my favorite things. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So he was cool. I remember also talking to like the the woman I can't remember her name Lauren something she was in the remake of Texas Chainsaw Massacre whenever that came out mm-hmm. a long time ago but I wasn't really familiar with her I don't know yeah. I was just kind of talking I don't know all around us is hard to bullshit it is it really is it really is uh, um but luckily Danny McBride was nice so yeah I mean I I kind of had that sort of um I put my foot in the water as far as like interviewing people and mm-hmm. I I wasn't very good at it so I well, you guys seen you guys, I say, you, Andy, and Jordan, for the most part, to me, are, like, the most uh, polarizing people in the yeah. entire band. I don't want to, like, again, slander anybody. You guys just seem to have, like, more outgoing personalities. Yeah. Um, and your brother just seems to be fucking super funny. Mm-hmm. But you're funny in a way, too, so I just didn't know if, like, comedic writing or yeah. comedy down the road for you is a thing. I didn't know. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a thing. I mean, I've... um. Um, uh, I've written a few treatments for scripts and uh, movies and series and things, and, and I'm just starting now to work with an actual writer um, who's done the Punisher series. Um, On Netflix? Yes. Or wherever well, Netflix. Yeah, I don't know where it's premiering, or not premiering, or wherever it's housed now, wherever yeah. you can find it. I don't know. I don't even I, I i can't even follow up with like network television it might be there maybe maybe it's on netflix i think it might be on netflix i don't know maybe i don't know the guy from uh walking dead right i don't know i think he was the punisher maybe he wrote well he wrote for the he wrote the guy, for the punisher the, he wasn't an the, actor in it. one of the bad guy or not the bad guys one of the early guys one of the cops in the walking dead okay was, was the he on okay was the punisher character sure. the same actor I don't yeah know. maybe i don't know if that's the same one yeah, we're talking maybe. about i don't know who, who knows I digress. but he's like a real writer and so he's like been walking me through like writing a script for for a series and we're just gonna try to see what happens so yeah it's a comedic thing and um just sort of getting out there i i i, I love writing so you do because yeah. you've also written a book or two correct yeah yeah the yeah. watch is the last one yeah the latest watch. one yeah that's cool yeah um so yeah, I mean, where where do you find time? Obviously, you're doing so many different things. It's you know? not really. The, I'm not. It's it's not busy. Being in a band is not busy work. It's a lot of just fucking hanging out and waiting for something to do. And I mean, it it it's a lot of downtime. And I get very like anxious about. I have to do something. Like I have to make my time worthy because I don't know how long I'm going to have this time. And now that I have a kid back home, it's like, well, I know when I'm home, I'm not gonna have any time to right. do anything. So when I'm on the road, I have to like do as much as possible. So. Yeah, I just write when I'm on the road. 
getting back to your tour coming up, the damn things kind of tying all that in. We're going to get on some sidetracks, obviously. But uh, you guys are taking uh, Crowbot and yeah. his legend out. Yeah. Um, his legend is was on the podcast a couple weeks ago. Nice. So uh, we kind of had that information. But um, how did that come about? Just choosing the his legend guys. Is it just like a, you? I love Skylar. Okay. I mean, that, yeah, that band's awesome. So I feel the same. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? He's awesome. So yeah. they're, they're they're underrated. You guys are underrated too. I think both of your bands are underrated too. But I think he is legends is also. Underrated. He's just such a charismatic front man that you know. I called him Stevie Nicks. Oh yeah, he's kind of Stevie Nicks. Totally, yeah, Stephen Nicks. Yeah, Stephen he's, Nicks. he's good, he's good way to go. Nicks, yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, I I just kind of threw their their name in the in the in the ring, and uh yeah, it worked out. And they have a new record. Yeah, out. should be fun. Yeah, uh, White Bat or whatever coming yeah. out in June. Yeah, it should be a good time. Yeah. Um. So, every time I die. When are we going to expect like a new record? Obviously, you're doing the damn things right now, so. Um, I don't know. This is the longest we've had a, a break in a while. Uh, Andy's doing the wrestling. I know, thing. man. <laughs> it's so scary. I'm like a parent, like watching my child. Like I see videos of him like getting power slammed through tables, and I'm like, instead it, of like a, your child getting hurt, I'm like, he's a grown man. He's gonna get hurt. He's, and he's a big dude, so he falls yeah. hard. You know? Yeah, he does. Yeah, but you know, it's fake to a point, but it, it's real. Oh, a lot of times it's real. Yeah, I mean, they're whether it's scripted or not, they're still putting each other through and tables. You put your body on the yeah. line for sure. Yeah. How did that even come about with him? I mean, he's I, always loved wrestling. I mean, always. <laughs> um, I don't know how it really started where he was like, I'm gonna just get back in the ring, but I mean, was kind of a slow process. He was kind of here and there, and like the guy that, so the butcher and the blade are, is his team, um, and the guy that he's with is named Jesse, and he's like an old friend of ours. So I know that Jesse was um, wrestling semi professionally, and Andy was kind of like helping him train and work out, and you know they'd run some routines and shit together. But at some point, come on in, yeah, just get back <laughs> in it. And uh, I've never seen a, like a a second stage of life that drastically different. I mean, Andy's like 40 years old, mm -hmm. you know? That's when you start winding down. Oh, he's winding up, man. No, he's man, trying, he's he trying to be the rock. ranking it up. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's awesome. good, good for him, too. I it's mean, so it's inspiring. Good for you to put yourself yeah. on the line in other aspects of yep. your life, too. It's good to, you know, like expand your yeah. your personality and totally. being. But that's pretty cool that he's doing it. And it's cool that your brother does the art thing, too. Yeah, everyone's got something. He's crazy good with that, too, yep. on top of yeah. guitar work. Yeah. It's really cool. Everyone's very... Um, I don't know, creative. I mean, it, it is. Everyone's like creating something else that all these X factors are, you know, instead of distracting people from the band, they're actually helping everyone sort of gather things and come back to it, you know. And, you know, we just played Mexico City yesterday. We haven't been on stage together since January. Every time I die. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, you know, like we didn't miss a beat. I mean, it was just so good to be back. With well, everybody. I feel like so, you guys doing it for 20 something or almost 20 yeah. years, you know, it probably yeah. it takes no time. But there's, you know, there's, there's always the possibility that you're going to go home. You're going to hang out with your kids. You're going to do your wrestling. You're going to, you know, do your art. You're going to do whatever you're doing. And then you're going to get back in on stage and you're going to be like, Oh man, I, I really like that other shit. I was doing better. So <laughs> let's, you know, Full-time well, Twitch streamer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, I mean, yesterday we had stage, it was just like, man, you just you just remember why you did it in the first place. So. And you played with Limp Biscuit and stuff? It's pretty cool. Yeah, I saw Fred Durst walking around. I Dude, there was a, a point in the night where I was like, storms are coming through Texas, like getting word that flights might get delayed. I'm like, I wonder if Limp Biscuit has like a private jet. They're going back to Jacksonville and... <laughs> Maybe, not I should, like, maybe I should talk to, <laughs> talk to Fred. They're not coming yeah, here at okay. all. Well, they, I know they live here. They don't. 
What? No, they're all LA guys here. now. They they are from here. Okay. They're well, LA guys in, in my head, I was like, maybe I can get a um, ride back. We may have Sam on the podcast in the near future. Mm-hmm. We're kind of working that out. Mm-hmm. Uh, working our way up, you know, West. Yeah, Fred, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. But also, the Lamb Goat people probably will be super stoked on mm-hmm. the biscuit being of on. Of course. You know, it is what yeah. it is. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Um, it is. I wish I would have got to watch them yesterday. I don't you know. Team? No, I didn't. They they played almost the same time as us. Oh, damn. Yeah. But I saw Fred walking around. He's a, he's, he's a bit older now. Yeah, man. A bit older. Gray hair, white hair. All yeah, that. yeah. yeah. Little, it was wild. Strange. Yeah. But, I mean, at least it's the band, and they're playing the hits, and they're still, you know, still touring. I grew up on that band. I mean, I'm Dude. from here, and they're yeah. from here, so I grew up on that band. They're yeah. one of those bands that I... Guilty pleasure. If totally. You, if you must. Totally. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of went the Deftones route of that whole... Not bad either. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Deftones always stuck out to me, so I, there was like the Corn, Limp Bizkit, Deftones fan. You didn't even, was, you didn't even see Corn last night. I didn't. They were here. I they know. Delayed, but they were here. Speaking yeah. of Deftones, JP and I have this discussion periodically. What's your favorite Deftones record? Uh, Diamond Eyes. Ah, nice. You like That's that one? Too. Yeah. I think it's their best album. Uh, it is. Absolutely. Yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. That will be good. I got to say. Around the that was an amazing. That was like a, a very seminal record for me with them. That sort of uh, like amplified my 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 fandom for them significantly because I I love that record so much. But Diamond Eyes was just. I think that boy. was a full on like they hit a stride. Just and yeah, like the the, the the yeah the the caterpillar caterpillar becoming a butterfly moment of just like this is like the Deftones are just a massive. Huge. Yeah, massive, right then, yeah. and I got to see them live during that yeah. tour too in in Tampa. Uh, I wasn't really stoked on the ones after that, though, you know? Yeah. It is what it is, but... We, uh... This kind of goes back to the damn thing. So the damn things recorded some of the vocals with Nick Raskolinitz that did Diamond Eyes. And, like, we went to the studio where they recorded it, and well, we got him talking about that session, which was, I guess, uh, stuff like... They came in with a record called Eros, mm-hmm. apparently, mm-hmm. and... I kind of remember, yeah. Yeah. I remember hearing yeah. about that. And Nick's like, no... <laughs> not not doing this is not the record that you guys are putting out through me so he, that was the first one that they recorded without their bass player yes, right? yeah, yeah. because okay, he had gotten in the car yeah so he's like no this is not, i'm not putting out this record um we're gonna start from scratch and they wrote diamond eyes like in a recording session and apparently uh steph like got so high all day that like <laughs> he only recorded at night after smoking weed the entire day and Nick said that he nailed everything so perfectly that there's only one riff on the record that he had to do twice. Wow. Yeah. Because he was so high. PSA. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Legalize marijuana. Or just use it for more creative mm. stuff, you know? Mm. Um, so how do you guys write for Every Time I Die? Is it more just like Jordan and That's everyone. That's everyone gets together. Oh, cool. Riffs. So it's like a group yeah. census. All right. Yeah, yeah. Very. And uh, how do you? Because I mean, my favorite album for you guys is like Hot Damn. Thanks. But I think most of that is like some nostalgia. Yeah, uh, it. it must be because that songwriting is not good. I mean, that was just kids that didn't know what we were doing. So we're just moshing. Kid, yeah, you're like blasphemy. Well, no, right no, now. no, no. I'm not saying it's it's not good. What I'm it's just we didn't know how to write songs. We were just hardcore kids that like, hey, let's just mosh this and then go into a weird part and then mosh this and you know i mean we weren't musicians we were just trying to be in a band you mm-hmm. know 
that and being a musician is very different than being in a band when it's like the late 90s early 2000s you just love hardcore you know you're not interested in songwriting no yeah because you're not thinking about any kind of gold record platinum record nothing you're mainstream just, anything right. yeah you're just in your brain is like what what are kids gonna go nuts for let's do that okay well are kids gonna go crazy for this yeah let's do that and then just put them all together so is it different now do you think about things differently um, when you're writing i, I it? think just a little bit because you know um we've been on the road for so long and been putting out records that we we do understand what you know what we connect with as opposed to what like really puts people away and i don't know i mean i think that that, that it's cool to like do uh, you know like these these strange tempos and 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 have things that are very confusing and technical and i do appreciate the musicianship of that but i think for every time I die, we would really just rather get in a room with a bunch of kids that all kind of connect and share the same idea about the lyrics and can follow the music and mosh and then not get confused and then, you know, just have a great time and stage dive and then leave. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And just kind of... Party band. Yeah, I mean, but still really feel like there was something special in the room. Because I, I, I feel that there's a lot of musicians today, and there always have been, that are like don't like their fans and they're actively trying to distance themselves from their fans, which is a strange thing, especially when you're in a hardcore band, you know? Well, I think the hardcore scene is way different than the rock scene in general. I think it's more of a friends and bros and all sorts of like, you know, get together and come togetherness. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I I know that personally I would rather never once for one second, look out at a crowd and see someone like not knowing what's happening. You know what I mean? Like with, with things get too technical and, you know, everyone kind of has to step back and listen and then try to figure it out. <laughs> Where's I the just rather, yeah, yeah. I would just rather people just get into the moment and, and stay in that moment for the whole show. So um, so we're sitting here having some Coors Lights. You're allergic to alcohol, though, correct? No, is, is kind of. Different? I used to be. I used to be very allergic to it. Just I just pushed through it. it. Yeah, <laughs> just pushed right through it. Because I know, I know on one of the DVDs, you, might have, you may have said yeah. you stopped drinking or, I, or whatever. Yeah, I had for a little bit. And I was honestly disappointed. A in me. Bummed. Yeah. 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 Oh, but I, I mean, am too. I don't like when people stop drinking because this, like, the idea that you can't use moderation and you have to be like just one extreme or the other is, is really bad to me. And I, I had done that. I admit, I was just trying to figure out like where I felt most comfortable, but I'm, I'm okay with being middle of the road. I mean, I, I don't get so drunk that I black out and, you know, I'm not like a violent drunk. So. Well, you took a, a break. Yeah. I how, took a break. How long was your break? Five months. Five months? Yeah. Oof, I went yeah. a year. Did you? Oh. Did you like it? I bet nobody liked you. No. <laughs> I didn't like anybody. Yeah. that's It's it's weird because especially when like your whole, uh, a lot of your friendships and relationships are, are based around the social aspect of drinking, mm-hmm. you, it's very lonely. Well, and people become a slightly abrasive, slightly yeah. annoying, yeah. slightly, I can't hear what you're saying, and you're then, slurring. And then you have no uh, option but to be sanctimonious of like, well, I'm not drinking, so I'm... <laughs> I'm out of here. Right. You know what I mean? And then they, you know, there's resentment and it's all, you know, when you establish a, a, a relationship and, and a chemistry and then you, you know, throw that out the window because you decide you want to stop drinking for some reason, then yeah, at least a lot of resentment is strange. And yeah, then you realize that like drunk conversations don't mean anything. And then more you, annoying than anything. Oh, yeah. It's totally. Just, it, yeah. You, you're stuck in situations where, and then myself, I was like, well, I'm not drinking. Everyone else is drinking. Right. So I'm just going to fucking power through right you know? yeah but uh i did pick up the bottle again i guess you mm-hmm. could say and then uh it wrecked me wrecked the, the year off wrecked yeah me. yeah because i can't 
three beers and just like yeah. I'm done. You know, that's fine. Is, but you know, it's fine. It's good. I yeah. would probably like you just fucking killing it left and right. But yeah, you're in a touring band, so it's yeah, I can't do. I also, yeah, like I can't do that anymore. If I drink too much and I can't, I don't know, I've wasted the next day. And it's one of those things where it's like, well, now now that I'm a, a, a parent and you know I, I, I'm married and I know how difficult it is to get out of your house to go do something social. Like there's a lot of elements that have to come. Like you gotta find a babysitter. You gotta make yeah. sure you can pay the babysitter, and you gotta get Ubers, and you gotta you know arrange everything. I can't imagine people doing that to come to a concert where I am just or show where I am just hammered and I don't care about it, and because it's just another day on the road. Mm-hmm. So I'm starting to you know I I want to value other people's time because there's n- no elements to someone's life that's more important to them than their time so if they're going to spend their time with us i have to value that yeah let alone money yeah so yeah yeah, i mean honestly it's the fact that people devote time to us is really important to me so well um i mean it's crazy too because i grew up obviously we talked before the podcast i grew up seeing you guys come through town here and um from buffalo Mm. every chance that i could so um it's one of those things i never really thought like 20 years later I'd still be listening to you guys. You yeah, know what I'm saying? So I never listened to you. You're either. one of those bands with a couple other bands from that time that are still just, you know, killing it. Not even, I shouldn't say killing it, but, you know, killing it. But, you know, you put out records. Yeah. And they're fucking good, just as Thank good you. as the last one. Thank and you. it's just, you know, uh, killer music. Just like I was, I was trying to bring it up earlier, your discography as far as like how the sound changes uh-huh. and how it progresses. But, uh, like you said, you're just, Hardcore kids and a hardcore band. Yeah, hardcore and music. but but that's always sort of what we've used um, when we approach music writing is that like we've this is a community that we've grown up in that we're very dedicated to and we understand why it's important to other people, so we know exactly why they're listening to us, and it, that's more important to us than expressing ourselves as like you know this evolving artist. Like we can do that in other ways. Right. You know I mean, I can write books and Jordan can draw and Andy can wrestle. But when it comes to every time I music, it's for the hardcore community. Like that's what we're a part of. That's what this band is a part of. Yeah. We're not, we're not, you know, we're not musicians. We're just kids writing hardcore songs. Still, you know. Well, it's great too because uh, you do have a a place in hardcore history. I, I think you know, just being a casual fan of just hardcore music, let alone yeah. every time I die and stuff. But I think you guys have. Created your pillar on the. Uh... Yeah, I mean, you do anything long enough, you can convince yeah. people that you're doing it right. Consistency, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. consistency yeah. is key. Yeah, absolutely. So, what is your favorite album uh, for, like you, you personally? And if do you know if the band has a favorite album together? Um, I let think... alone being like the newest one, because that's always like it's always. I know, I know it is, and I, I know that the newest you one is always or dislike. I don't of, dis- some of I hot damn. I dislike. Actually, no, I like Hot Damn a lot. I really do. I really thought that that was like, you can you see, it? no, I'm good. Like you can see us as kids sort of realizing that we have something special and we're, you know, we're all putting everything into it. Um, I do love the, 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 the newest one though. I mean, only because it came out of such a dark time that what it means to me to have turned, teens? yeah. Mm-hmm. So what it, to have turned that the lowest part of my life ever into something like that is very important to me. So I, I, I respect that album for like saving my life in a way, because while I was going through it, I was writing the lyrics and it really was like the most therapeutic thing that's ever happened. You know, that I could have hoped for. Um, but I guess as a band band, I think 
probably the big dirty because i think that that was where it kind of like our like we were having fun and like it met this the you know this like I don't know, fake, arrogant swagger meant, like, real good mosh. You know what I mean? It I think definitely it was, little... was a party fun yeah. record, yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah but can... it was still very hardcore, and, you know, there's good, really good... I mean, Werewolf still goes over really well. It's just There's a lot from that yeah, album. That might be that... my second favorite yeah. out of the whole discography. Yeah. But, you know, um, there's a lot of stuff from that record that still holds true. The New Black. Mm-hmm. I kind of remember it being about something back in the day. I never really, I haven't checked into it. But what is it about? Boy, the song? <laughs> I wish you would ask me this. I wish you would ask me to prepare this because I don't. I think it was it was... something kind of like because you guys don't sell out per se as far as like your sound or, yeah. or anything like that. But I felt like it was kind of there were other bands. Maybe it was in a that statement area. on people selling out. Okay, yeah, I will say that it was satire of people around us were doing that. It was a lot of bands. At that point, a lot of bands that you might have toured with, yeah, yeah I, yep, yep, that were signing record deals and changing their style, and you know, so th- the new black just meant like, well, it's just a, like a new take on this like old sadness that we used to, this old anger that we used to have. Now it's new, and now it's poppy, and now it's like, well, the song is also, yeah, borderline poppy too. Yeah, but yeah. that was kind of the joke of it. Obviously, was that we we're. It's a great song, though. Thank you very much. Yeah. 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 It's been on some video games itself. Right? Yeah. Yeah, it was. That was wild. Were you guys ever on the Guitar Hero game? I, I know that you were. One. That song was. That was? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I haven't played Guitar Hero in some time. I, so. yeah. I, I remember you guys. It. I'll stream it when I get home. Yeah. Have Jordan stream it. Yeah. Play it on the Guitar Hero. You could do that. Yeah. But that's the only time I can ever play the guitar is Guitar Hero. So, so no musical uh, quality no, you have what's outside a, of nothing. the vocalist? Oh. Literally nothing. I'm yeah. learning guitar. Are you? Like borderline Step one. That's awesome. It is good for it you. Is. You know, I'm 35, so I figure, fuck it. Why not now? I have a guitar in my <laughs> living room because, my, like I said, my dad was a guitar player, so like I, you know, I, I have guitars around, and I kind of want, like, I have a guitar in my living room that I like pick up and just kind of fuck around with once in a while. But I think it's really funny the idea that my daughter is going to think that she grew up around a guitar playing dad just because she kind of sees me play, and I can't play anything, but you know, I'll muscle through some power chords and things like that, but. If she grows up thinking that I played guitar her whole life, what a joke. She'll be like, I played guitar. Yeah. My dad played yeah, guitar. Yeah, my dad was a guitar player. Like, I just remember no, as a kid. Yeah. Always <laughs> yeah, he was doing always it. doing it. It's hilarious. Yeah. So, um, Alex has a question. Uh, he wanted to know, what is it like, what is it like being in a band with millionaires when you yourself is, aren't a millionaire. It's terrifying. Yeah. It's so embarrassing. It's got to be awkward, Oh, right? it's so embarrassing. It's like Uncle Joe and Great Expectations, like the guy that just shows up to like the art gala and like fumbles over himself. I mean, that's how I feel. I feel like really bad about myself because I don't know how to behave in that world. Mm-hmm. And I remember the first time. Is it a drastically different world as far as it's like. It's not that different. But it's very it's a it's a huge cultural shock when you first really experience it. I mean, I remember for my birthday one like after the damn things recorded the the first record, um, we were in New York and um, my wife flew into New York and Scott and Joe had said like this great dinner at like a Michelin restaurant for my birthday and I got fucking hammered and like I, like embarrassed myself and I but. I don't. I didn't know how to behave. You Kid know what I mean? Shot, yeah. yeah, exactly. I don't know how to behave, so I'm trying to understand that. But 
as I'm doing it now, you know, as I'm going through the writing process with Joe and I, you know, I've been to Joe's house a a bunch of times and he's got a beautiful house and he's still just like a hardcore kid at heart. You know what I mean? So it's, it's just really, he's almost as in awe of it as anybody is. It is. I mean, now we're 2020 hindsight, you know, with fallout boy. Yeah. But, um, it was crazy to see that. Whole they never place. expected that. Yeah, yeah. They, and I really believe it. They never expected that. Just something happened. Yeah, you know, dance, dance, or yeah, like Kurt Loader all of a sudden is covering their show at Fireside Bowl in, in Chicago, and he's like, I just don't know how that that MTV attention got drawn to them, but they handled themselves very well, and I think they've stayed really true to who they were when they started, and it's awesome. But yeah, I, I'm not good around <laughs> rich people at all, at all. I wouldn't think that you know. Hardcore kids. I want, like, I really, I would love money so that I didn't have ever have to worry about paying bills and things like that. But man, it's it's so embarrassing. I mean, I would just like take all my money and go to Red Lobster all the time. (laughs) That's how that's how I feel that wealth is represented. If you can go to Red Red Lobster, Lobster. yeah, yeah. If you can get the Captain's Feast, if you get the Captain's Feast, you are a fucking millionaire. Again, he was sleeping in a van. Yeah, and now. I can uh, get some all you can eat shrimp once in a while. Well, so you know, it might be around. long John Silver, but it's still all you can eat. What is your worst habit? Do you have any like any bad habits outside of your alcohol? Obviously, um, yeah, no, I don't think so. Bite I your mean, nails? child porn. I, I uh, yeah, yeah, I deal in child porn a lot. I guess that's kind of it. That is a joke yeah, for all intents and purposes. Kidding. I actually yeah. did. I started smoking a while ago. Again, I quit for seven years, and then. When my wife and daughter were in the hospital, I was like, I just, I, I have to, I need a cigarette. And like that, I actually like made that into a lyric in my It's like, I fucking, I just need a cigarette. And so I, I had one and then it was a slippery slope. And then for like two years I smoked, but then I, I stopped a, a year ago. So only cigarettes, only cigarettes. Yeah. I'm not good with weed. Oh, no? I'm really bad with weed. I'll either just, I mean, I'm too, um, I, I feel like I laugh at the wrong shit. And of I course, give people the course, wrong idea. Of course. I, like, I, I make not funny people seem like they're funny, and I don't want to encourage them. I don't think <laughs> you do. I think that's just the weed. But yeah, yeah. Be, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I think, because some people get, you know, weird yeah. in public and whatnot. Yeah. I just think uh, those people need to smoke more and get in public more. So. I agree. I agree. And I'm definitely one of those people that I would only do it if I was at home. Um, and then I would do it a, a once in a while on tour, and then I... I, we were on, we were sharing a bus with Terror on Warp Tour, and I was kind of smoking it a little more regularly, and I was like having a great time, and like people really liked being around me, and I was like, I feel like I'm leading them on, like I'm misrepresenting myself because I'm not this funny all the time, but when I smoke weed, I for some reason it like us and Terror, like me and the guys in Terror, just like locked in with senses of humor, so it would just be like hours of just laughing, and I was like, you know what, it just feels false. Because it's it's just the drugs talking. So. It could, but I think it just allow. I mean, it could you could be completely right. Yeah. But I also think it just uh, loosens just you like up. alcohol loosens yeah. you up. Yeah. 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 Um, so <clears throat> bad habits got that. What are you looking forward to as far as like your musical career, whether that be with Every Time I Die or the damn things? Because I think I feel like those both bands are way different yeah. in general. So yeah, I don't know. Um, you know, every time I die is one of those things where it's like the fact that we've been able to be consistent for 20 years, we're just going to keep playing as long as people want to hear us. And, you know, extremely grateful for that because I know that the attention span and the hardcore scene is pretty short. Especially these days. With yeah, the internet. totally. So 
Um, I'm not going to take any of that for granted, but I do understand that eventually we'll probably age out of it. Um, um, and I guess with the damn things, I just want to be in like a Marvel movie. I want to be sitting in, in the theaters watching a Marvel movie and hear a damn thing song. Oh yeah. That'd be great. Well, I mean, why not? Can, I mean, you gotta, you gotta have industry. a goal. Yeah. yeah. You're in the industry. You gotta you have got a, a video game song. Yeah. You know, so right. why not? I've always, I've, you know, when, when you're in a theater and you think about like the, the person that puts together the soundtrack for the movie, that's such a cool job. It's it, like one of the ideal jobs to have is figuring out what songs go where in a movie. So if someone were to put in every time I da- or a damn thing song in a movie, I'd be which, flattered. Which song and what would well, be wait, a, your ideal movie? I'll tell you what, actually, with. Um, oh, wait. I do have a question. Uh, what is your favorite soundtrack, though? Favorite soundtrack? Okay, so um, Baby Driver is a really good soundtrack. I haven't even seen that. Oh, it's a really good one. Really? But I also do love, like, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou's. Soundtrack for some reason. I just think it's like really appropriate. Um, boy, favorite soundtrack though. I don't know, man. It's just one of those things where it's not even like I need. If I hear it a, a, apart from the movie, does it move me? Like in those scenes, how well does it convey? You know. And I think that that Oh Brother Art that was probably the best one. I don't know why. Uh, it, I think you're me. not alone in that. Yeah. I think that's like a wildly popular soundtrack yeah. in general. And I wouldn't like listen to it nor maybe I probably wouldn't listen to it on its own. But yeah, that's great. That's a great scene. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I I I I like the uh, I like the idea that there could be uh, an every time I die song in the movie or a dancing song in the movie. And when we wrote it, remembers with every time I die, I I was like, this is like, and I I think I was talking to Jordan about this, but like. Um, like let's write this song like it's going to be in a true detective intro yeah, and so okay. like okay so that that was it how it remembers came so out. anyone from hollywood that's listening yeah you know, yeah i mean if we all those, uh keith Weinstein's out there so. keith jordan nanny and the boys are waiting <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and ian yeah, and, and joe are waiting they're waiting for they have mm-hmm. many a discography to choose from yeah yeah it's an open book yeah um well I know you want to get to dinner. And we're I would like to, to eat We're about dinner. 50 minutes okay. into it, so I could probably cut you loose. Okay. Um, we would love to have you back on, obviously. Awesome. It's great. Uh, I know you're going to be in Atlanta yeah. with Every Time I Die yeah. at some point in this month or next month? Next month. Next in June? Yes. Yeah. Uh, we'll be there for that. Okay. So, um, you know, not to have you on, but maybe Jordan, Randy, or if sure. you want to join, it's all oh, good. I'm we sorry. Get... All right. Sure. Yeah. No, no, no. I'll you, get you, I'll, you get you so I'll get you someone else. By okay. far, we're my okay. first I'll choice. I'll get you someone else. When we started this whole thing, Thanks, when we yeah. started this whole thing, uh, Keith was one of the first Thanks, ones. Guys. It's you or Daryl from Glass Jaws, oh, my nice. ideal awesome. guest. So well, I'll knock right. one of them out. I hope I lived up to the expectation. 100%. Thanks. Well, is there anything that we should check out as far as like new music that you've heard on the road or new shit in general? Your favorite um, new knock loose is yeah new new damn things came out last week. It's called High Crimes. Steam uh, it or buy it. Whichever yeah, one you definitely come to a show and buy some merch. Yes, please do that. New knock loose is coming out soon, which um, this might be might be um, exclusive. But I'm on the new knock loose record. That's exciting. Yeah, very exciting. Um, yeah, they, the, the last single they, they put out was pretty killer. They're just the best. They're the best. Um, also, I'm uh, Twitch streaming at. Twitch.tv backslash Keith Eated. So we'll add that into Please the description awesome. for sure. Awesome. Yeah, it was good to see you on there. It's yeah. good to have you here. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. Boy, I try to keep it all under wraps. Hey, you did it. You okay, did it well. cool. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, that's that's about it. Cool. Ending these is always hard. <laughs> just got to cut it loose. Hey, this is Steve Choi, host of the Musicians Guild podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. 
Within the four walls of the Musicians Guild, we'll be discussing the habits, idiosyncrasies, experiences, and general psychology of my friends and peers all involved with music in various capacities. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com.